0: Hi, my name's Oliver Brown, and you're joining me for a session of Two Mugs in Coffee. It's a podcast where we aim to guide you, our coffee community, for the week ahead on all things sea market, shipping, logistics, and forward planning so that you can make better buying decisions. Or just get a feel for what makes our industry tick and have a look behind the curtain. Hi, it's Wednesday, the 22nd of September. I'm Oliver Brown from Lab, and I'm joined again by Stephen Bannister to talk about all things market. Steve, welcome, how are you doing?
1: Hi, Ollie, doing well. Uh, big thank you to Harry that stepped in last week and chatted all things specialty to you at the same time.
0: No, it's it's glad to have a, a mix up. Uh, it's It's a great pleasure to have the team joining and giving different perspectives. And I think, you know, it's nice to see uh, you know different sides of, of, of what we do and and how we do it for for those watching so uh, no thanks for thanks for allowing uh the, the team to, to step in for sure <laughs> um I, I just wanted this week to to talk a little bit about sort of monthly updates i think one of the areas that harry and i covered off uh was Central america last week uh um in in a specialty terms and just sort of talking about what we should be expecting from um, centrals. I'd love uh, after we've done a bit of a talk about where we're at with the market, I'd love to sort of dig deep or or further into um, the central side as well. um, And sort of have a have a
1: look there as well. Sure thing. Happy to uh, make some certain comments, and I think really now is is the time to uh, be thinking on some origins, as we're seeing some of the larger players uh, globally start to be buying their uh, forward central allocations at the same time.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so uh, before we get there, uh, give us a bit of an update on the market. We've we've been we've been um, tracking along sort of sideways this couple of. Uh, uh, weeks or or
1: you know, good good month. Yeah, I mean, sort of sideways, probably lower. Um, overall trading mid one eighties at the moment. Uh, we had about a one cent up last night. Uh, into say one eighty six forty five on the March contract. At the same time, so at the moment we're we're sort of trading this range, which I would say is one eighty to two hundred uh on the back of where are things going to settle and other things we saw a bit more news come out of brazil last night with cosupe one of the large exporters in brazil sort of referencing potentially more damage is out there mm-hmm. uh in talking to our contacts, where we're not changing our numbers necessarily yet and as many people sort of think, well, there's always seems to be more coffee in Brazil come harvest time than we expect. So I think people are are awaiting and seeing we, we can't underestimate that. We're probably still low on moisture in the fields in the soils where our coffee plantations are versus last time as well, but Mm -hmm. seasonal rains are there that we've had a little bit, there's, there's more on the horizon and i think october is going to be a real key uh month where we may see a bit more forward selling of the the next crop which is the one to be harvested in 2022 at the same time
0: yeah and and uh i understand So this year we have seen uh quite a significant deficit of of supply over demand that that's you know that's not looking to be the case for next year now that we've got those sort of solid numbers in
1: uh i mean i think we're on the back of trying to balance supply and demand and, and demand is a very difficult thing to read uh with stocks published from the us point of view there's probably more coffee in warehouse than we we're expecting this time of year which which leads us to believe there's a softening of demand we've had an excellent year um, with about 174 million bags produced overall across the globe the unknown is really the production for next year at the moment where we're forecasting a drop of nearly 15 million bags if we add up everything arabica robusta and everything in between at the same time so That's the concern at the moment, but to a certain extent that's priced into the market at the same time that those numbers are more or less known and taken into account by most people. So I don't think we're gonna see a dramatic rally, uh, markets prices increasing over the next term, but we will continue to see fluctuations as well. What's encouraging on the next crop projection 2023 is those demand and supply equations normalize again with probably a a similar yield to this year at the same time so it's really about us getting through next year understanding how much coffee is left within the system within warehouses to be roasted to be used um, and how that balances out but at this stage i think it's more a sideways market a 180 to 200 market and then yeah. we wait and see if any other noise uh, is presented to us.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, let, let's hope we <laughs> don't keep getting noise.
1: Uh, <laughs> well, know, the... below. I'm not yeah. sure that can happen. <laughs> we, we had our uh, first biggest earthquake in 50 years in Australia today. Yeah. So uh, you never know what's around the corner at the same yeah,
0: time. Absolutely. Well said. Um, so so moving on from brazil a little bit uh give us an update on what we can expect from from central uh starting with let's say mexico what what are we sort of seeing there i know that you know mexico in terms of the economy is recovering a little bit they're in a slightly better situation um although annoyingly you know, in some of the regions where we're working, we're we're seeing sort of a, a difficulty in, in getting um, labour to sort of help do the picking. Give us give us a bit more in depth what's going on there.
1: Uh, I think Mexico is suffering like a lot of other Central Americans where we don't have that transmigration of labour um, that was freely able to move uh, pre COVID in a way. It's, it's the bottom sort of South Mexico crop has a a very interesting integration with Guatemala at the same time. So opportunities there, but we're we're not really that far sold on the Mexican crop either for the coming harvest, probably only 5%. So people are probably looking for marketing opportunities and Mm. things there. Uh, The biggest challenge I think we face is also the current logistics environment in central America. We are just moving, And pieces around. Um, Our brothers and sisters in our sales office in America have even resorted to trucking coffee across the border up into the US rather than putting it on a boat. Uh, That sounds insane, but it today is actually more efficient than uh, putting it on a boat at the same time and shipping it up to a, a US port. So that's quite dramatic. I think the other challenge that we're seeing out of Mexico, where our lovely friends Descamexa, our decaffeination partner, is just the, the pipeline of people that are waiting for decaf coffee at the same time. So I think our next opportunity to buy coffee is for January or February uh, shipment at the same time. So they've got a full pipeline there. We're continuing to look at buying into our decaffeination offerings through for 2022 first half at the moment but definitely i think it, it's almost time to be thinking decaffeination at the same time because supply is going to be uh tricky yeah definitely definitely
0: i'm excited as well because i know uh the, the crop's are supposed to be quite good the, the rains have been strong so we're going to see some interesting quality um coming out of mexico as well <laughs> Definitely, definitely. Well, one to keep a, a close eye on. Um, moving from Mexico, uh, Honduras is also um, quite interesting at the moment. Uh, and again, it was really interesting when we were chatting uh, earlier in the week, Steve, you know, the the conversations around rains and what I found so interesting, and I hadn't thought about it at the time, is, you know, they've been having very favourable rains as well. And and the weather's been coming off the, the other side of, of, Instead of the the Pacific, they're getting the Atlantic warmer rains, um, Mm. and that's been working very well for for their crop as well. Give us an insight into some of the challenges that we're seeing from from Honduras.
1: Uh, Well, if you discount weather and including hurricanes and everything that have gone through Honduras this year, I think they've done an amazing job producing nearly six million bags of coffee, uh, and probably maybe slightly less than that uh, into next year at the same time. Again, a country that is pretty unsold uh, at this stage, forward into the next crop, but I think those parameters will change as people start to look at Honduras. We've we've definitely seen an uptick in certified interest in Honduras Mm -hmm. at the same time, and that's been really positive, as well as uh, the fantastic work of, creating and curating what I call meaningful specialty high commercial lots with a man on the ground Emilio uh, and all the great work that he does connecting us to farmers and everything else so shout out to our friend Emilio hopefully you're well and uh, sourcing great coffee for our customers at the same time
0: it's amazing when you look at a map isn't it how when you consider the countries around Honduras, how big uh, Honduras is, and how much just mountain it's got, you know, like, it it really, it's not just sort of one swathe, it's the whole, uh, you know, know, three quarters of the country's got, you know, ideal growing conditions. And and I guess, um, you know, from my perspective, it's been really interesting to see all of those regional qualities coming out of Honduras. And, and, you know, they're really punching above their weight in terms of, you know, quality.
1: Yeah, it definitely sort of rewards the adventure in a way. I think that's something that we've gone on the last couple of years is really wanting to see beyond commercials. What's the terroir of certain regions or certain farmers or certain valleys and other things, and how can we create something meaningful back to our customers like Mm -hmm. Montecillas or a number of other products that Mm -hmm. we're potentially working on at the same time. So, I think it's, it's almost like the uh, old saying fortune favors the brave, where if you're brave enough to venture in the jungle, hopefully you'll be able to find some great coffee. Yeah. But do it with people that you trust and you know, can also help you do that because forging in that jungle by yourself, if we didn't have our partners on the ground, especially in this COVID environment, it would be extremely challenging. I don't even know if we could do it. Mm -hmm.
0: What what um like I know that the general elections coming up sort of are we are we expecting to see an impact from that you know affecting shipping the ability to get coffee out of the country what what sort of that look
1: like I I don't think so I mean I think shipping's challenging enough and all countries need global trade and everything to keep going so whilst you have a bit of destabilization trade and economics and transactions still need to happen and again it's the livelihood of lots of people that they need to go out and work and everything else so we don't ever really want to see that to stop um we had lots of heart attacks with colombia this year where they just stopped shipping for a number of reasons and i think colombia's Resetting on that front at the same time. And, and we really hope that things can not be too disruptive. Um, but hey, we're seeing disruption in our own country at the <laughs> same time. So yeah let's see.
0: Yeah. Moving on to sort of a, a, another country that I know is not, you know, not been too badly disrupted by COVID. And I know, you know, they're, they're sort of opening up at the moment with pretty much no COVID restrictions is Costa Rica. Uh, I know that, you know, they've been experiencing some challenges, particularly with their high commercial qualities, because there hasn't been a big uptick in usage. Uh, you know, give us a bit of an insight into Costa Rica uh, and, and what we can expect.
1: I think Costa Rica will be a bit of a value challenge this year. I think it presents really fantastic, amazing coffees. Um, we're just trying to work out how they're going to price uh, and be relative to past prices at the same time with the rally, basically on the the futures market. Some coffees have traded inelastic to that. So Mm. our our specialty coffees and shout out to our friend Alejo from Vulcan Azul that we love to uh, champion his coffees and and really understand how their harvest has gone. Has it been good? Has it been good? Where where do those prices sit? I, I think logistics and things are... no better no worse than anyone else but it's Mm -hmm. really understanding what will be the the value proposition of costa rica going forward because it has been a premium to a number of other uh, central american countries and do do people still value that premium to use a costa rican bean that's the thing that we need to solve over the next couple of months for our customers
0: and it'll be interesting as well, won't it? Because I know um, lots of people have been using traditionally, you know, your 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 commercial Kenyans in their blends to add sort of complex acids. And it's going to be interesting to see possibly the only other country that can offer profiles, other similar acidity level is those Tarrazus, those Costa Ricans you know will people move across or not it, it's going to be fascinating to see how that plays out and whether you know
1: the
0: the big end of town come to come to tender uh, come to the
1: market yeah i mean ch- changing blend is difficult but i think w- where people have gone away from costa to kenya now Kenya's not presenting at, as much of a value proposition on the commercial lines as it did a season or two ago at the same time. So really that that opportunity is up for debate or or creating that idea of a basket blend where you use certain things for acidity and certain things for body and you have almost like a, a seasonal changing yearly changing recipe depending on what acidity or what body you want to bring into that um and i think that's something that i mean definitely with your skill set so uh we're well in position to to help people with because it's not an easy task to do but i think when prices have changed so much then it's good to take an open mind to how do i inject acidity into my blend yeah
0: yeah definitely one, one to watch, and and I think, yeah, you know, I, I love Costa Rica as a country. I love, you know, working with with, you know, the the coffee, and yeah, it'd be interesting to see how. How our customers like uh, yeah. in that space. Um, from from Costa Rica, we, we go to Guatemala. Um, I think this is a country that's always been sort of quite challenging. We don't see as much of it here because so much of it does go, up to the U.S. Uh, but sort of give us an idea of, of, you know, how how Guatemala is going, and and you know, what we're going to see there. I, I know they're experiencing
1: labor challenges. Um, so yeah. far, we haven't seen too much change from uh, this year's crop. In a way, in prices, we saw a bit of a jump from last year to this year, and I think that will continue, uh, presenting a little bit of value versus a. colombian price i would say today Um, but also i think guatemala as well will probably jump the gun and say nicaragua we're starting to see a bit of shopping by the larger roasters Um, so again if people are looking for coffee to come in in q1 um, i would definitely be thinking about those sort of countries now um, to get it into their mix and their rotation because for us on a logistics point of view we're, we're planning november december now so unless we're there putting our bookings in we're, we're not going to get those freight slots to get mm-hmm. out
0: and, and on freight i know that we've been experiencing some sort of increase in freight specifically from guatemala um you know what sort of impact is that having
1: uh it's, it's definitely having a, a few cents a pound on on the price as as shipping rates have doubled, triple in some instances uh, i don't think we've seen the magnitude of price increases that destinations like the us or europe have seen but we're definitely seeing a reduction in services pushing containers to australia that's generally because Australia, we're not having enough exports at the moment to push those containers back out into the circulation, uh, at the same time. So it's a bit of a large moving position in a way. And and that's why, again, we want to be as organized as we can be to get the right slots. And mm. if we're there, we're working with our shipment partners. We can get things for the right price. If we have to come in last minute and get space, then, uh, that, that's a very, very expensive thing to do at the moment. Um, the forecast we're seeing is really maybe a reduction into to Q2 next year. But even Q1 is looking uh, still pretty bumpy at this stage.
0: Mm. Yeah, it, it's yeah, everyone's going to be factoring that into their, <laughs> their books to make sure they're not caught out, I think
1: yeah, I mean, it's hard. you what it you factor in today and it may change tomorrow or you may get a surcharge that you didn't even know about. Um, yeah. I mean, we got surcharges at the last minute to to put a couple of boxes on and you just have to close your eyes and get your containers moving uh, at the same time sometimes. So it's a very difficult thing and environment to budget for at this stage. Um, but I think it, it's hard to be anchored to, to any prices at the moment with the volatility challenges that we've got. So sometimes it's always a matter of just looking for the opportunity and, and getting that execution done and, and focusing on the forward rather than where I was in the past. Now it's not an easy thing to do, but I think that's sort of how, how we're thinking at the moment anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely.
0: You mentioned a little bit earlier uh nicaragua uh you know are people coming to the market already with nicaragua where's nicaragua looking i know traditionally people have gone to nicaragua as sort of alternatives to to costa rica and you know consistent uh producer of of, you know fully washed coffees um
1: well here's some scary numbers for you honduras we think is between five and fifteen percent sold costa rica between 40 and 30% sold Guatemala between 10 and 20% sold Nicaragua. It could be up to 70% sold already. Yeah. And we, we had challenges trying to buy Q1 this year and we're, we're buying some already. Uh, but I think in terms of, uh, ensuring you can get the access to lot selection, it's a matter of really understanding the parameters and, and knowing them and, and working uh, with us to uh, help you get those at the same time, because waiting and potentially this is going to be a challenging origin. If you, you just expect it to be there in the spot market at the same time, it, it may not be there. So I'd, I'd really be focused on thinking about procurement for Nicaragua.
0: Mm. And again they they are perfectly capable of doing regional qualities and you know the full spectrum so yeah good good to think on that ahead of time for sure definitely uh sort of you know rounding out let's go to our old friend el salvador um i know they're really facing you know some real difficulties with um sort of the economy and and you know the lockdowns had a huge impact on them as a country uh, how are they going in in terms of coffee uh, production, and and what's their crop looking like this year?
1: Yeah, I think I mean their their crops sits around that half million bag number. It's looking like it's slightly up. Uh, this coming harvest from the the harvest already gone in earlier this year. So production wise, it, it's still more or less there. The qualities are there. It, it's really about again probably having that execution plan in place um i probably can't stress that enough as we work on so many challenges but i think the quality will be there it will just depend on looking at only the commercials or or looking further down into regional or farm specific lots at the same time um, I've been encouraged by comments to potentially get access to a lot more farms this year from our team on the ground. So that could be something we may look at uh, as we go into probably November at the same time. And again, if anyone out there is looking for L cells, happy to definitely uh, put our two cents in of where you should be. and and create and define flavor profiles or expectations now, because that's what virtual sourcing is to us, is about really communicating from your the roaster, from the customer, all the way down to the farmer, the producer, the exporter, and, and making that known. So the coffee that they're working on is has really got a strong brief. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. And I think as well, you know, they're another country that's uh, that's been impacted by the labour shortages and getting people picking. So you know, the more the more we can give our partners that the headspace that yeah, look, you know, we've got offers. The more that they can plan and get everything in place ahead of time. Um,
1: to yeah, you know, to especially, make especially sure people... I think especially from a, a higher commercial point of view, because if we're gonna have labour shortages, we may see instances of strip picking or one picking where they just pick the whole farm then we'll see a lot more of a a challenging environment for the commercials or because of the higher base price now people aren't wanting to go and do the work so they're just going to push everything through the commercial channels Mm. um because that's what they're faced and i think that's a challenge across all of central america Mm. um for the coming crop at the same time so again working openly transparently from the beginning will enable that picking process and segregation process to be much more effective rather than expecting uh lots to be segregated
0: yeah definitely harry and i were touching on that last week a little bit about the idea that because it's so you know producers are getting such good money just for exactly as you said in the strip link, you know they're not bothering to to no, well, not all of them are bothering to make that extra go that extra mile to do that specialty mm. quality. So again, yeah, if you if you want it, you've got to make sure you you're getting in there early and and connect yeah. to your producer and making sure that, yeah,
1: you've got your hand up um, and and yeah, willing to willing to see yeah, and at least setting the expectations so we can communicate that. I mean mm. communication is the the key as we know.
0: Mm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Steve, thanks. For, thanks very much for that. We've uh, we've whipped through central there. And I think given a good um, insight for those listening, you know, what to expect. And, and, and as you say, you know, to start planning as much as possible. Um, yeah, really appreciate your insights again uh, this week. And uh, thank you very much.
1: My pleasure, Ollie, Uh, as my sign at the back this week says caffeine and dreams. So that's what it's all about. And uh, take care, everyone. Please uh, reach out, subscribe, ask questions, do what you need to do. would love to hear from you. Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks, Steve. Bye.